Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. So I had a dream, I know everybody loves hearing about your dreams, uh, that my parents got the stimulus check and my dad sent it back in protest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this is not a bank account podcast. Welcome to season eight, episode 20 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is Trav Knights in Maine, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Travis in real life, mm-hmm. a.k.a. I am Trav, a.k.a. Hannah and her Travisters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I am joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Sean in real life, <laughs> a.k.a. Schenectady, New York, mm. a.k.a. Lil Sean Tate. <laughs> nice. And in our third seat, Chop Shop regulator, Chelsea and her sisters, oh, a.k.a. Nice. the Purple Rose of Chelsea, a.k.a. Practical Magic. <laughs> yeah. Further description of the show, the tagline says, watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Cut it out. (laughs) This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. (laughs) That that inflection was funny. cheesy. That's what I was going for. All right. That's going to bring us into our first segment, which is going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the week between recordings, we try to pay attention to news stories that deal with the world of cinema, uh, with remakes, or just content that we think you, the chop shoppers, would like to uh, absorb along with us. And unfortunately, we do have to start it off with a couple of RIPs. No, I reject them. Rest in peace and rest in power to the great Jessica Walter. Oh, no. Known mostly for a couple of TV roles, both Arrested Development as uh, Lucille. Lucille Bluth and on Archer as Mallory Archer. But she was also in films, uh, had a long career, just a force to be reckoned with. And the cause of death, do we know? I read that she died in her sleep at oh. age 80. That's all I got. Huh. Well, I mean, it's it's plausible. I, I hope that it was natural causes and that she went peacefully. But rest in peace and yeah. rest in power to her again. Also, rest in peace to George Seagal. Is it Seagal or Siegel? Siegel. George Siegel? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Jonathan Livingston Siegel? <laughs> Uh, he was 87. He passed away. Um, he was a native of Long Island, New York, and his acting credits range from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in 1966, for which he received an Oscar nomination, and A Touch of Class in 1973. And his cause of death was complications due to, or complications from a bypass surgery. Uh, wasn't he a, a regular character on that show with David Spade about the magazine. Just shoot me. Just shoot me. Thank you. And most recently he was on We're the Millers. Is that the show? He was he was the grandpa. We're the Millers is a movie. Oh. Yeah. What am I thinking of? Meet Keeping Up with the Joneses. Dana. Children's book author Beverly Cleary, creator of Ramona oh. Quimby, has passed away at age 104. Well, that's a good run. Yeah. Uh, but hats off to her because... I was raised on those. Books. Oh, me too. So was I. Um, and several of them have been option for film. So this yes, is appropriate. That is rest in peace and rest in power. Rest in peace and rest in power. Judy Bloom. Re- yeah. Beverly, Beverly Cleary. Cleary. <laughs> um, not to make light of that, but 104 is an advanced age. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next up, once again, rest in peace and rest in power to both of those great actors. Uh, next, promising young woman filmmaker Emerald Fennel set to join DC Universe with Zatanna script. Um, can you explain what Zatanna is? Zatanna is uh, a Justice League member. She okay. is a magic user, and uh, she is most known for her almost like a magician's assistant outfit, kind of like the nice. uh, little tuxedo top with the mm-hmm. fishnet leggings and a top hat kind of thing. 
I'm really curious if they're going to carry that off in I, film. I would imagine that they modernize it a little bit. Yeah, unless there's mm-hmm. a damn good reason to have it, which mm-hmm. I can't imagine there being one. Is it is it crucial to her character? No, it's not. Absolutely, It's not, not. like Harley Quinn's getup is kind mm-hmm. of part of her persona. But a bunch of incel nerd boys are going to get really pissed if it's not. When are they not really pissed? Eh, true. Uh, so next, oh, and that comes to us from uh, IndieWire. Next, Jason Cathari and John Fusco to produce Bruce Lee's final scripted The Silent Flute. Uh, so Jason Cathari, Hong Kong-born entrepreneur and film producer who was an executive producer on the Vin Diesel starring Bloodshot, has acquired the rights to The Silent Flute, the spiritual martial arts project co-written by martial arts icon Bruce Lee in 1970. The project is set up as a limited series with John Fusco, who uh, directed or produced Marco Polo, the TV series Marco Polo, uh, as screenwriter and executive producer. That's from Variety. Next, he was just trying to tuck in his shirt, but Rudy (laughs) Giuliani tried to have the Borat 2 crew arrested, says the film's producer. In the infamous hotel room scene from Borat's subsequent movie film, almost tangled the crew in a legal trouble. Yeah, I read it that he, he trouble. I read it that he tried multiple times to get them arrested. I'm Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> uh, next, Shazam Two cast Helen Mirren as the film's demigod villain. Helen Mirren is joining the cast of the DC Extended Universe film Shazam: Fury of the Gods as the villain Hespera. Uh, Hespera, H E S P E R A. It's a made-up character. Hespera. Uh, all characters are made up, but this was made up especially for the film. Okay. There is no comic book canon behind it. Okay, so that's um, from comicbookreview.com. Next, Cineworld's Regal Cinemas to reopen with Godzilla vs. Kong in Deal with Warner Brothers. The Cinegroup World. Excuse me. The Cine World Group will reopen its U.S. Regal Cinemas April second with a limited release for Godzilla vs. Kong and a wider release planned for Mortal Kombat on April sixteenth. And that's from IMDb.com. That's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. You guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Howdy, choppers. I believe the movie you were thinking of that starred Juno Temple as a sex worker alongside James Franco was Lovelace. That's all I got. Good job. See you next week. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. We do appreciate you and what you do. And just now I'm realizing, yes, that definitely was my mistake that needs to be corrected. It was not Juno Temple in the miniseries with James Franco that I'm talking about. It was actually Maggie Gyllenhaal. Do we remember the name of it? Chelsea, can you look that up? It's the 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 deuce. It's the deuce. The deuce, because he plays himself. He plays his own twin brother. That will close the doors on the Department of Corrections. That will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week. Also, it's not a mini series. It's three seasons long. Oh, it's a series series. Yeah. Corrected in live time. In real, <laughs> real live time. All right. So that brings us to the theme of the episode. In celebration of her 73rd birthday, the films of Diane Wiest. Now, before I get into bio information, Sean, would you would you call yourself a, a Wiest head? Yeah, I'm a little Wiesty. Um, she just seems like a sweet person, and all of her roles sen- tend to be like that. She's really wholesome. Wholesome, mm-hmm. likable, sweet, nice. Um, that's just my takeaway, okay. and, and she's good at it. And who do you like more? Diane Wiest or Jo Beth Williams? Oh my, that's 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 uh, those are two different people though. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I know. I confuse them in my head though. No, oh really? Mm-hmm. No, he no. said it before. Mm-hmm. Ah, jeez, no. Uh, Judy Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> and Chelsea, I imagine you saw more Diane Wiest movies this past week than you had previously, right? Or had you already seen a lot? Of no, these? I had I had seen some. Okay. I still haven't seen like some of her older films. But Sean was wa- watching Practical Magic, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh my god! I watched that with my mom yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that movie. To be fair. To All be right. Fair. So, <laughs> one of three children, 
Diane Weiss was born in Kansas City, Missouri. Her original ambition was to be a ballerina, but she was bitten by the acting bug after some stage work, most notably playing Desdemona to James Earl Jones's Othello on Broadway. She made her film debut in 1980, but did not make her name for herself until her performance as Emma, a prostitute, during the 1930s Depression in Woody Allen's The Purple Rose of Cairo from 1985. Allen was so impressed by Weiss's acting ability that he has directed her in four more films. Under Allen's direction, Weiss won a well-deserved Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for her brilliant performance as the neurotic wannabe actress Holly in Hannah and Her Sisters from 1986. She followed her Academy Award success with performances in The Lost Boys, 1987, Bright Lights Big City, 1988, before stealing the show from the likes of Steve Martin, Mary Steenburgen, Jason Robards, Keanu Reeves, and Martha Plimpton in Ron Howard's Parenthood from 1989. So yeah, that's Diane Wiest. We'll talk more about Parenthood later. And are you guys ready to get into the Midnight Double Feature? Uh, so this is where each of us on the panel, we select two films that are within our category of the week. And we talk about why they would make a good pairing and how they're maybe related to each other. And Chelsea, what is your double feature? So my two movies are not connected other than I just... Diane Weist is in them, right? Yeah, she's okay. in them and I, I just love them. Um I'm going with 2007's Dan in Real Life. Mm -hmm. That movie was so important to me when I had just come out of boot camp. And you really, really wanted some pancakes. I really did. However, I only had one DVD in the barracks and it was Dan in Real Life. Uh -huh. And I, I probably have seen this film over 150 times. Oh, damn. I mean, that's all I did was watch this film. <laughs> that's all I did was watch Dan in real life. I did. It's the only thing I could talk about. My mom calls. I'm like, so yeah. let me tell you about this movie. Dan in real life. Yeah, she was pretty sick of it. She's like, Chelsea, please, this is all you want to talk about. And I just, you know, that that's that's it. I'll let it, is a, it is a great movie. I, um, I picked it as one of my features in my double as well. So but, I'll let you talk about it when you get to yours. But I'm hearing that. With 1984's Footloose. Ah. Now, this movie is important to me because this was the first film I saw at a drive-in. Uh-huh. I was there. You were there. there we was an had earthquake. Yeah. And it was the first time I had really experienced an earthquake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had an epic dance party. Oh, that was fun. That was very yeah. fun. You yelled at a donkey or a goat or something, you and Allie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you had Popeye's chicken. I do love Popeye's chicken. It's the shiznit. All right. That sounds good. Over to you, Sean. <laughs> okay. Um, I went with two films also starring Nicole Kidman. Oh, okay. Gross. Um, I mean, yeah. nice. I went with 1998's Practical Magic uh -huh. with uh, her and uh, America's sweetheart, Sandra Bullock. Uh, and of course, Stockard Channing and Diane Weist. It's about a family of witches and... Uh, it's uh, it's it's one of those typical late '90s girl comedy drama romance type. What movies. did you call it? A music video? Well, there's a lot. I, I, I was going to get to that next. Is that it? There are a lot of like music videos built mm -hmm. into the movie. Yeah. And the first one being "This Kiss" by Faith Hill, and immediately I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm -hmm. But you put all that aside. It's got its charms. Yeah. Huh. Ah, charmed. You got me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's got a very young uh, Evan Rachel Wood in it. Nice. It's got uh, Aiden Quinn as well. Uh, it's okay. But I followed it up with Rabbit Hole from 2010. Now, this film got uh, uh, Nicole Kidman an Oscar nomination for Best uh, Actress in a Leading Role. And this is a story of a family who's... Uh, well, their whole lives are turned upside down, really. Yes. You've got a couple whose four-year-old son was killed in an auto accident uh played by uh i'm sorry the driver was played by um teller uh, miles teller correct and he just happened to be speeding through the neighborhood the son was chasing after the dog who was chasing after a ball or something and he killed the boy so you have a lot of family drama of them dealing with uh them i say them nicole kidman and aaron eckhart uh dealing with the loss how was of their the son. dog how was the dog? Was the dog okay? The dog was fine, and the dog plays a part in their struggle. The wife, uh, Nicole, wants to get rid of the dog because it reminds her so much of the son. She follow up, to... follow up. Did he get the ball? Uh, that's not important to the story. Uh, Diane Weist, of course, plays her mother, 
who lost a son as well, uh, Nicole Kidman's brother, but he, she lost him to drug abuse. And there's a lot of contention between the two of them because Diane Weist is always trying to relate to Nicole Kidman's loss, but she's bringing it from a point of view of a flawed person who took their life into their own hands mm-hmm. and really threw their life away. Whereas Nicole Kidman's coming from, I had an innocent taking taken from us. So there's a lot of uh, butting of heads involved where Diane Weiss means very well, but Nicole Kidman of course is not mm-hmm. receptive to the sympathy. Well, at the same time, Diane Weiss son got to grow up and hers didn't. Right. So there's a lot of, a lot of that. Um, <clears throat> they're in group therapy. Uh, Sandra O oh plays a friend of theirs. who's was in group therapy as well. Um, and just just a lot of family drama. It's a, it's a sad movie, and it's a quite good movie. There's some really powerful scenes with Nicole Kidman in it. And uh, if you haven't seen it, I would say check this one out if you want a really heavy Yeah, I was going to say, both of those sound pretty heavy. Not Practical Magic. It's not no, heavy dude. at all. Are you serious? Practical they Magic? They move shit with their fucking powers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So over to me. I also selected Dan in real life. Uh <laughs> From 2007, directed by Peter Hedges, uh, who also directed What's Eating Gilbert Grape and uh, Pieces of April. He's also the father of actor Lucas Hedges, who has come up on this show quite a few times in real life. Uh, Widower Dan Burns gives family advice in his column, but struggles with raising his three daughters alone. After arriving at Dan's parents for a family get-together, their bickering drives him to take refuge in the local bookstore, where he meets and swiftly falls for the charming Marie. However, the revelation that Marie is in fact the new girlfriend of Dan's brother brings their fragile flirtation to a shuddering halt. Uh, it's a real uh, Gitchy in the Feelies movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, it came out not too uh, removed from Little Miss Sunshine, right? And so Steve Carell was kind of in that in that zone at the time. To, I'm not just Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> when right. he sang Let My Love Open the Door. Uh-huh. There were tears. Oh, good, good. Next, I've got a movie from 2017 called Dedication, uh, directed by Justin Thoreau, Prime Minister of Canada. Woo! And That's Trudeau. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, well, Thoreau is mostly an actor. I think this is his maybe his lone directing credit. When children's author Henry Roth, Billy Crudup, loses his longtime illustrator, his publisher sends him a new artist, Lucy, played by Mandy Moore. He is a tangle of neuroses and nastiness, and he does everything he can to alienate her, even though we must deliver his, even though he must deliver his latest book in less than a month. Secretly, Henry begins to fall in love with Lucy, and at the same time, her ex-boyfriend returns to try to win her back. So we've got some parallel themes here, the, um, the love that, that you cannot attain, and maybe it's, maybe it is requited, but it's, uh, forbidden, let's say. And um, I believe that uh, Diane Wiest is the therapist in this. Um, but yeah, so that's my, my double feature. They're both um, kind of dramedies. They both have to do with books. <laughs> 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 and they both have Diane Wiest in it. All right, that's gonna bring us to our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a pre-selected film that we all watch in advance and then we talk about it a little bit and then we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors who are at the height of their powers and the first film is i consider it one of this director's best movies Agreed. oh absolutely uh edward scissorhands from 1990 directed by tim burton we've got a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes a scientist played by vincent price in one of his final performances builds an animated human being, the gentle Edward, played by Johnny Depp. The scientist dies before he can finish assembling Edward, though, leaving the young man with a freakish appearance, accentuated by the scissor blades that he has instead of hands. Loving suburban saleswoman Peg, played by Diane Weist, discovers Edward and takes him home, where he falls for Peg's teen daughter, played by Winona Ryder, and her character's name is Kim. However, despite his kindness and artistic talent, Edward's hands make him an outcast. Uh, and it is it is one of those um, overcoming uh, stigma and prejudice, gaining and, and prejudice and, and gaining social acceptance and 
um, just having an equitable existence, right? Yeah. I love this movie. Loved it when I was a kid. Love it now. Um, what's your favorite part, Chelsea? Oh, gosh. I love when he does all the ladies' hair yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah. I love that. When I chopped all my hair off, mm -hmm. I felt like I had a similar sort of experience because there were two... There, <laughs> there were was two a humanoid scissor-handed person? No, no, no. There were like two women in the salon mm -hmm. and my hair was fairly long. It was about right here. And I was like, just chop it off. Mm -hmm. And she was like, have you had short hair before? And I was like, yep, 100% mm -hmm. never had it before <laughs> in my life. So she just goes, Phew. Yeah. And the women are like, Whoa! But Your by the end of it, all the air out of the room, <laughs> pretty much. But by the end of it, they were like, "Oh my god, it's yeah. so cute!" But nice. it just it reminded me of that scene. That's super cool. My favorite is the uh, topiaries. Yeah, yes. the topiaries are beautiful. The hedgework. Uh, I recommended this movie for the episode because I thought Diane Weist's character of being just this sweet, well-meaning mm -hmm. mother who, at the same time, was just like breaking down prejudice barriers. Yep. Because this is a good boy. There's something good within him, and everybody needs to recognize it and see it. And uh, also, Tim Burton's depiction of this kitschy, utopia, uh -huh. 1950s style neighborhood suburbia that really is is what makes this movie work. Because you've got this weird gothy Edward Scissorhands in this really a juxtaposed kind of suburbia background. It almost makes it a little bit timeless because you can't quite pinpoint yeah. the timeline. Right. All right. I like that. Uh, so the roles that we're going to recast, we've already mentioned them, but just to go through it real quick, we've got Edward Scissorhands, played by Johnny Depp, who was 27 at the time. Peg, played by Diane Weist, who was 42. Kim, played by Winona Ryder, who was just 19. And The Inventor, played by the late, great Vincent Price, who was 79 at the time. And Chelsea, who's going to be your pick for Edward? Okay, this might be a little bit of low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. However, I think this actor, A, can pull it off because he's a little bit bizarre, but there's also just like a charm and a kindness about mm -hmm. him. I went with Timothy Chalamet, who you played him. Did Timothy Chalamet? I did. I picked Timothy Chalamet, too. You both did. That's, uh, that's like the, the fruit's dragging the ground. because I know, but he can do it. <laughs> he's in Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird, The King, and the upcoming Dune, which I'm... Highly looking forward. Yes, to you've seen you've seen the commercial that he did, right? Yeah. Did he do an Edward Scissorhands? Yeah. Commercial? Well, that's where that I picture didn't. comes from. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was Edward Scissorhands in a commercial for the Super Bowl. Huh? Yeah, I that's... totally paid attention during the Super Bowl. <clears throat> that's okay. So I went uh, with I, with that in mind because that would have been my pick too. Um, but I went with somebody who was awkward. I don't know if he can pull off the lovable, charming side, but he can nail the awkward aspect okay. of Edward Scissorhands. Um, he was in, it's kind of a funny story. It follows dead silence as well as atypical I went with Keir Gilchrist. Okay. I think he can, um, in atypical, he very much has a charming sweet side I to him. I haven't seen that, that, uh, show, but who was he in? It follows. He was the weird friend, the okay. really like awkward, awkward yeah. friend of the girls. Um, Paul was his character's name. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, I he, like that movie. Yeah, I do too. And like I said, he he rides that awkward line so hard mm -hmm. that I think I don't know for for this remake. I guess it might work. I will say that it took me a second viewing of It Follows before it really sunk in for me. So the show Atypical, he really brings a likability mm -hmm. and takes the stigma away from people with autism. Because they're so blunt and they're so honest, it can come across as cruel and mean. Okay. But there is something slightly vulnerable and very charming about where his heart's at. Cool. Next up, we've got the role of Peg, played by Diane Weist, who was 42. And who's your pick for this one, Chelsea? Um. So my actress definitely has that lovable quality. She's not played many roles as a mom, but... We've all kind of grown up with her, and mm -hmm. she's very sweet. Um, she was in E.T., 51st States, Never yes. Been Kissed. I went with Drew Barrymore. Ah, she was also on that one episode of David Letterman. Yeah, that one. <laughs> all right. Sean, who is your peg? My peg is 40 years old, and uh, she's got that. She's got a very sweet face that kind of reminds me of Diane Weiss, but she has played some pretty flawed characters. 
Uh, you would know her from My Week with Marilyn, mm-hmm. uh, Take This Waltz, Blue Valentine, and of course her acclaimed role in Manchester by the Sea. I went with Michelle Williams. It's a very good choice. Very good choice. All right. So my actress is 41 now. Uh, everything I say will give it away. She's in my so-called life, Home for the Holidays, and Romeo plus Juliet. I went with Claire Danes. Nice. Claire Danes. Next up, we've got Kim, played by Winona Ryder, at the age of 19. Chelsea, who was your pick for this? So, I don't know this actress very well, but there was something kind of bizarre about her picture on IMDb Mm -hmm. that made me pick her. But she's in the dumb TV, well, series on Hulu, A Teacher. She was just in that movie Cherry. I went with Sierra Bravo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's fucking great. Um, she's also in one of my new favorite shows, Wayne. She's in Wayne, the TV show about the the teenage vigilante. Oh, yeah. I remember you talking yeah, about that. Yeah, she's, she's the girl who runs away with him. Yeah, and she's good in Cherry, too. She probably is the best part of the movie Cherry. That's what I've read about that movie. Well, hi, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that Wayne. Sean, who's going to be your Kim? My Kim's 21 years old. She's got a very short resume. Uh, She was in Dark River, Mr. Lonely, the short film Jamie, but most would know her from her role on Amazon Prime's series based on the film, Hannah. Her name is Esma Creed Miles. Okay. I've seen the movie Hannah. I don't know that I've seen the TV show, but I I think I can picture who you're talking about. My Kim is 19 now as well. She was in... A movie that could have been better called Tomorrowland. Another movie that could have been better called Vox Lux. <laughs> and then a movie that was pretty good, if not very out there, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Her name is Raffi Cassidy. Raffi Cassidy. Oh, yeah, My- yeah. All right. Okay. And I'm assuming that's how you pronounce Cassidy. <laughs> Next, like we've it. got The Inventor, played by Vincent Price, who was 79 at the time. The man needs no introduction, but he was an amazing actor during the Universal Monster Movies era and probably got a little bit typecast because of that, had his own uh, troubles with addiction. It was cool to see him one last time. Chelsea, who is your inventor? I gender flip this because oh. there needs to be more female scientists nice. represented in film. Um, so my actress was in Greece. She was in Practical Magic, Six Degrees of Separation. I went with Stalker Channing. Stalker Channing. I like that. My grandmother's maiden name is Stalkard. So every time I hear the name Stalker Channing, I think somebody is saying it backwards and that there's a comma. There's <laughs> Sean, who is your Vincent Price or your inventor rather? I went with a 77-year-old actor. He's done a few films that are okay. Mm-hmm. He was in uh, Iron Man 3. He was in Schindler's List. He was in Sexy Beast. He was in Gandhi. Shopped him. I went with Ben Kingsley. Ah. Shopped him. Great actor. My actor is one of those people that you recognize his face, but it's hard to place him. Um, maybe, Maybe not to some people. It is to me. But he was in the Saw franchise, like all of those. He's also in Goodfellas, The Quick and the Dead, and The Firm. His name is... Tobin Bell. Mm-hmm. Tobin Bell is going like to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That works. Totally. Yeah. All right. So um, obviously, I think we're all recommending. Oh, Edward sure. A million percent. Uh, there was a point when I was a kid when I would confuse this movie with Lawnmower Man. Not at all the same. I think there's just because he mows somebody's lawn with his scissor hands. Have you ever seen uh, the uh, porn parody? Uh, Edward Penis Hands? No. Oh, God. <laughs> I have played the game Edward Forty Hands, though. Oh, yeah, me too. All right, so that's going to take us into intermission, but not before we say, let's Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some Weast Thins and cookies. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the Brew Boss. And me, Chelsea, the Regulator. Well, we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All morning, morning long. long. <laughs> 
And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck. Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger. Trontastic Ron. I'm going to rip his face off. Woo! And the defending champ. Little Thanos. You ain't got nothing, brother. I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition. So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail, where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemachopshop at gmail.com. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Watch Chop Retrofit. All right, and we are back. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. When we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And what have you got for us today? Uh, This one's from uh, Intuition Ale Works in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And much like Diane Wiest, it's easy on the eyes. Easy on the eyes. This is a Session IPA. Nice. With uh, uh, Sriracha Ace as the featured hop. Hmm. We like, might have tried this before. I, yeah, we might have, but I it's okay. Did, I definitely I didn't put it on. Checked it in. I didn't put it on untapped. Uh, yeah, Sriracha Ace is going to give you that lemongrass kind of taste. I think yeah, we have tried this, and I believe you did like it. Yep. Yep. I like it. So with that, we're going to go into our next segment, which is the 2021 movie marathon. As of this recording, it is the 94th day of the year. Is 87 plus 7 94? I'm so good at math. Um, and I'm on number 95. I'm on 102. 157. Very, very good. Uh, so what's your first check-in going to be, Chelsea? A movie from 2021 called Doors. Okay. Sci-fi. Starring Val Kilmer as Jim no. Morrison. No. Okay. The only person I really picked out of this was... Uh, fucking Josh Peck from Nickelodeon show Drake and Josh. Don't know it. Uh, back in my Drake, day. as in Drake. No, not that Drake. Oh. Anyways, a bunch of these weird, mysterious doors sort of appear, and um, people get sucked into them. Okay. And then eventually returned, and it's extraterrestrial, but it. <sighs> I don't know. It's vignettes of like different people's experiences with right. these doors. So that that factor right there alone will probably get me to watch it because I think that the vignettes are um, go well with my attention deficit disorder. Uh, yeah, it left. Would you say me, it's a serviceable sci-fi? It is. It left yeah. me wanting a lot more. There okay. was a yeah. ton of stuff that was not answered, but I mean. It's it's decent. Okay. Yeah, I would say uh, compare it to your 
meh episode of Black Mirror. Gotcha. Yeah. Not one of your favorite episodes of Black Mirror. Okay. And having watched it so soon after Come True, that's yeah. where the letdown is. Because, yeah. Man, that movie's amazing. Come so True good. is so good. It, there hasn't been a day that's gone by since watching it that I haven't either recommended it to somebody or just like thought about it for too long. <laughs> it's like, where are you right now? Oh, no, I was just thinking about this movie I saw a week ago. Yep. All right, my first check-in is going to be Cherry, number 91, Cherry, from 2021. The latest project from the Russo brothers is a hyper-realistic heroin drama. As such, it is quite depressing. Great to see Sierra Bravo Woo. from the TV show Wayne landing feature films. Nice. Um, so a lot of people talked about how they thought Tom Holland was miscast in this because he's such a, you know, like, everyday normal guy. And he's playing a serious, serious junkie slash, uh, like, Afghanistan vet. Yeah, but that could happen to anybody. It yeah. really could. And I didn't, that was not my impression of it. I just, okay. I thought his performance was out of type, but not in a negative way. Gotcha. Uh, my first check-in is going to be very brief because you checked it in last week. at Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh-huh. So... Mm -hmm. I've got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, it's an improvement. It is an improvement. I loved it. Really? Yes. Okay. You have not seen the other one. I have not seen okay. the other one. This is the only one um, I've seen. I, I think it would be interesting for you to go back and watch the I think the I might. cut. Uh, I think the, uh, the added content helps. Um, I think the Wonder Woman scene at the beginning is better oh, than so both good. Wonder Woman movies combined. Okay. It's an incredible action scene, which is what Snyder does best. Uh, but if you want to hear more about this from people who are more, more eloquent about breaking down film, I would say watch uh, uh, Half in the Bags review from Red Letter Media on YouTube. Okay. They do a great job of, of going side by side with the original theatrical release and the Snyder Cut. And it is a pretty lengthy episode? Uh, it's about an hour and a half, maybe. Okay. Much gotcha. shorter than the actual movie itself. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is a documentary from 2019. It's called Hurley. It's about... Um, race car driver uh, Hurley Haywood, who I'd never heard of before. Me either. I'm not like a big racing fan. No. But um, this this popped up on, hey, I think this is recommended for you. I okay. think on Hulu or something. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll watch it. Um, anyways, he's a five-time 24-hour Daytona winner and three-time winner of the Le Mans. Yeah. He was this like cool, good looking, calm, cool, collected, just all around sort of cool dude, mm -hmm. but carrying a secret. Um, he's gay. Oh, okay. Oh. And his partner that he would do these races with was um, his partner. Mm -mm. Oh no. Just a just a troubled dude, and okay. something happened that really affected him. It was really interesting, especially gotcha. just about somebody I knew nothing yeah. about, and a subject that you probably wouldn't have. Uh, picked out for yourself. No, but what was interesting, and I didn't know this either, uh, Patrick Dempsey, mm -hmm. McDreamy, he's mm -hmm. a race car driver, and yeah. Haywood Hurley is sort of his mentor. No shit. Yeah. Huh. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Now it's your turn, Sean? Sure. Go ahead. Is. Go next. Um, I've got I, two more. I, I've got this one and another. Uh, I watched a uh, sci-fi movie from 1976 called Things to Come. Oh, is it, is it spelled C-U-M? No, but it should have been. <laughs> I'm just going to read you my Twitter review, which was written from the point of view of one of the producers. Hey, what do we do with all this softcore porn footage? I know. Let's weave it into a Westworld slash future world ripoff where people in the future enjoy vintage 70s porn in the Pleasure Dome. <laughs> <laughs> More like Logan's fun. Yeah, solid idea. That sounds like a great time. So, yeah, it's 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 really dumb. You've got these people who show up to this resort, the Pleasure Dome, to like have their way with the pleasure mm -hmm. droids, pleasure bots. Spoilers, they're not robots at all. They're actual people who have worked there before and became disillusioned with the whole process. And they pretty much mind wiped them. Brainwash. Yeah. That's crazy. But there is a lot of really bad 70s stock footage mm -hmm. softcore porn well it's like adam sandler said in bulletproof you know it's from the 70s because his dick has sideburns <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's lots of bush all right my turn i've got happily from uh 
this year, 2021. It's my number 92. I almost said 1992. And a couple that has been married for 14 years can't keep their hands off each other and never fights. The rest of the world has a big problem with that. Great all-star comedic ensemble. There, there are twists and turns in this movie. I'm not going to say a twist because there are multiple ones. And stay with it. Okay. Watch the whole thing. Steven Root is in it. He's uh, love great. Steven Root. Yeah. We should uh, do a Steven Root episode. We really should. Get down to the, get back to our roots. Um, <laughs> At the root of it. Yeah. The, the root of the matter. So yeah, I recommend this one. It wasn't like blow you away good, but it was an interesting concept and well executed by the cast. Uh, so my last check-in is a film from 2017 called Landline. Um, I found landline or landmine. Landline. Okay, like the telephone. Gotcha. Yeah, it's set in 1995. Cast is great. I don't know how I missed this. Um, Edie Falcon, Jenny Slate, John. That was quite the accent. Whoa, of... that was so I know. South Shut Dakota. the up. Edie Falcon. Falcon. You guys are awful. Don't you know? Um, John Taturo. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The Jesus. Don't fuck with the Jesus, didn't, man. Didn't want to accent the just O too go. much. Um, and Jay Duplass. Jay Duplass, yes. Whatever. I like him. One half of the Duplass, the Duplass brothers. brothers. Yes. Anyways, set in 1995. Um, it's, it's basically about Jenny Slate's character sort of coming to terms with her, I guess, infidelity. Okay. She has this great guy and she cheats on him. Her and her sister also find out that their dad is cheating on their mom. And just her watching all of this unfold sort of is like wakes her up, I guess. Yes. It's really cute. I liked it. It was fun. Over to you, Sean. You got one more for us. Yes, yes. I watched from 1949 Whirlpool. It's an Otto Preminger film. Mm -hmm. um, one of the stars of the film is Jose Ferrer, mm -hmm. father of Miguel Ferrer. Yes. Did you know this? I knew that they were father and son. Oh, my God. I didn't know that he existed, but I saw the name in the credits, and this is how our brains work yeah. now. My mind goes, huh, I wonder if he's related to Miguel Ferrer. Yep. And then immediately he walks on camera, and you're just like, holy fuck. Yep. He's like a dead ringer. Um, it's about um, a guy. He's a hypnotist, and he hypnotizes this well-to-do lady who is a kleptomaniac to do his bidding for him to get revenge on another woman who he hypnotized who, you know, he's, he's just trying to fuck her over and he frames her for murder and uh, it's good. It's a, it's a cool movie and it's typical auto primager. It's just mm -hmm. beautifully shot yeah. and well done. All right. My last check-in is going to be number 93, Billie Eilish. The world's a little blurry right now from 2021. <laughs> what the hell is a Billie Eilish? <laughs> That joke never gets old. Never. I actually enjoyed this documentary far more than I was led to believe. Really? Yeah. I I really liked it. Really? Um, now, the I love one, her family. The one part that I thought maybe you might take issue with, Chelsea, and I could be way off base here, but was it the Tourette's thing? No. No. no nothing to do with that. I okay. just thought it was directionless. Yeah. It just, there just wasn't. Jumps around too much. Yeah. There wasn't anything cohesive about it. I love her. I love her family. Mm -hmm. I think they're so sweet. I Even love if she seeing does have that. Tourette's. Yeah. The, I mean, and it's great that she can cope so well. It's about Tourette's, man. Well, it's, it's really neat to see somebody that's differently abled be able to cope with this idea mm -hmm. of fame and somebody who was thrust into it at a fucking awkward age. Yes. She handles it beautifully. Yeah. And she's very upfront and honest about it. Yeah. Too. I think that transparency resonates with her audience. Uh, by the way, I'm opening another beer before Ooh, so we jump in. Kill this, right? This one's from uh, Revelry Brewing in Charleston, South Carolina. It's called uh, Scooter Money. This is a double dry hopped, double hazy IPA with mosaic. Matuka and Waku Watutsi. Wakatu. Wakatu. Wakatu 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 Wakatu. Scooter money. Oh, it's money to buy your scooter. Or get gas for your scooter. Okay. Right. They should get Scoot McNary to endorse it. <laughs> they, they should yeah, he should the Scoot McNary endorsement it's would be perfect. Very sweet. Prepare yourself. Oh wow. I get like pineapple. Yeah. Very fruit punchy. Yeah, it's uh, so far away from an IPA 
It's something. To be fair, this thing has been uh, in the fridge for about three or four weeks. So it's, oh. don't don't judge it too harshly. It's my fault for not bringing it out sooner. Could have been worse. You could have said three or four years. Oh. Mm. All right. And Chelsea, did you try that beer? No. No. Okay. So uh, with that, we're going to move it into the second part of our feature segment, which is the recast continued. And this film... We mentioned it at the top in Diane Weiss' bio. It's from 1989. It's called Parenthood, directed by Ron Howard. And we've got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know I've done it before, but I have to do my cover art rant about this. Right around the same time, this movie came out. Another movie came out called Problem Problem Child. Child. And the cover art for Problem Child is basically the same layout, except Problem Child is holding his parents up by their ankles. Mm Mm-hmm. As opposed to Steve Martin holding his kids up by their ankles. Which and, came first? Uh, I, I'm pretty I think sure Problem, Problem Child, Child came first. Yeah, and yeah. It, maybe. It would make more sense if it came out after and they were doing a parody of that. But I think you might be right. Uh, and also in Problem Child, all the all the photos on the wall in the background are askew. Huh. I'm going to do a real quick fact real check quick. while you give the rundown. Nope. Problem Child came out in 1990. Oh, so Parenthood did come up by a year. Yeah, by a year. So okay. they were they were probably parodying. Yeah, that. they were skewering it. Good call. So the movie's called Parenthood. It's a 1989 American family comedy film with an ensemble cast that includes Steve Martin, Tom Hulse, Hulse, mm-hmm. Rick Moranis, Martha Plimpton, Joaquin Phoenix, Keanu Reeves, Jason Robards, Mary Steenburgen, and Diane Weist. Perfectionist Gil Buckman, played by Steve Martin, struggles with the deficiencies of his children, thinking they reflect poorly on his parenting, and Gil's siblings only add to the stress of his life. One of his sisters, played by Diane Weist, faces difficulty when her teenage daughter, played by Martha Plimpton, becomes pregnant. Another, Harley Jane Kozak, clashes with her husband, Rick Moranis, when she asks for more children. Gil's immature brother, Tom Hulse, turns up as well with a young son he can barely handle. Cool. And <laughs> No, his son's name's Cool. His son is named Cool. Oh. As a result of this, one of my high school friends got nicknamed Cool. Uh-huh. It's better than being nicknamed Drugs. <laughs> um, so, uh, thoughts on this movie? Um, you pronounced Leaf's name wrong. <laughs> nice. nice. Joaquin nice. Leaf Phoenix. No, it's a funny movie. There are some legitimate laughs in it. I, I really enjoyed this film. I want to comment the fact that it's co-written by Babalu Mandel, mm. which has no relation to Howie Mandel. <laughs> his, his first name is Babalu. Babalu. The Babalu. Mandel is what you're focusing on? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got Gil Buckman, played by Steve Martin. We've got Helen Buckman, played by Diane Weist. Karen Buckman, played by Mary Steenburgen. And Frank Buckman, played by Jason Robards. Obviously, we could not get to everybody in this very large cast. And as we often point out, you couldn't you couldn't make this movie today. You couldn't make no, all the cast. No. I love Martha Plimpton and I love mm-hmm. Keanu in this movie. Oh, yeah. I, rem- so, I remember when I was at this age, the haircuts that they got mm-hmm. were, were outrageous. Yeah. At the time. And now I'm looking at it, I'm like... They look, they look good. Yeah. <laughs> um, side note on Martha Plimpton, even though they spell their last name differently, she and Bill Plimpton, the illustrator, are distant cousins. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Chelsea, who is your pick for Gil Buckman, played by Steve Martin at 44? All right. I love Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a hard recast for me, but ultimately his Twitter feed made me yeah. decide on him. I went with Deadpool himself, Ryan Reynolds. Ah, oh, nice. okay. And he can play a mean banjo. Sean? Hmm. Oh, okay. I did not know that. No, I was joking. Okay. Uh, because Steve Martin plays banjo. Yeah, I got that. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the opening dream sequence, he says he's 35 years old. Hmm. Yes, so he does. The, the character is 35. 35. Okay, gotcha. However, so with that, I split the difference and I went with kind of a 41-year-old actor. And he's he can do comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from a very strong comedy lineage. Uh, he was in the movie W. Mm-hmm. He was in Frozen Two, uh, A Million Little Things, and the TV series Superstore. I went with Jason Ritter. Yeah, oh, nice. Jason like Ritter's that. awesome. Can't go wrong with that. 
All right, my actor is really not a comedic actor, so it's going to be interesting to see him in a comedy. Uh, he might just run with it. He is 43 now. He was in American Horror Story Asylum, Hotel Artemis, Hitman Agent 47, and the Star Trek reboot franchise. I went with Zachary Quinto. Oh, oh. okay. Oh, nice. It'll be, it'll be different. All right. Next up, we've got Helen Buckman, played by Diane Weist, who was 41 at the time. The actress was 41. I don't know how old the character was. But Chelsea, who is your pick for Helen? Oh, my actress was in My Week with Marilyn, Blue Valentine, and Manchester by the Sea. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went with Michelle Williams. Nicely done. You mean Michelle Williams? I also Williams. went with Michelle Williams. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Michelle Williams from TLC. No, Destiny's Child. That's almost a trifecta. Almost. 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 That's okay. crazy town. Well, then I'm going to jump in with mine then. Uh, my actress is going to be 42 in a couple of weeks. Uh, she was in Star Trek. She was in Big Stan. That's the uh, 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 Rob Schneider movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was in House and Once Upon a Time with Jennifer Morrison. Okay. Nice. You know, right on. Because I'd already done the other. <laughs> so whenever he said Michelle Williams earlier, were you like, oh, yeah, movie. yeah, I just didn't say anything. Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> all funny. right. Next up, we've got Karen Buckman, played by Mary Steenburgen, who was 36 at the time. And I love Mary Steenburgen. I don't know what it is about her. There, It's almost the Diane Weiss quality. Like, she I, is more so. such... I like... I like uh, Steenburgen Mary Steenburgen better more? than Diane Weiss. No, she's a good mom. She's the mom in uh, Step Brothers. No, well, yeah, she is the mom in Step Brothers. But what the the TV series on NBC? Oh, um, Zoe's I'm, Infinite Playlist. Yes, she's quite good in that. You should check it out. Okay, I've seen a couple episodes of that show. I think. Uh so Mary Steenburgen was thirty six, and Chelsea, who did you pick for this? So my actress was in. The Avengers movies, mm -hmm. Safe Haven, Jack Reacher, also How I Met Your Mother. I went with uh, Kobe Smolders. Oh, yeah. She's good. <laughs> Remember when Joey was on the show and he's like, wait, what? It was right after Kobe Bryant's death. He's like, there's a person named Kobe Smolders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, so <laughs> my turn. Yes, Sean, please. <laughs> Nicely done. I went with a 35-year-old actress. Uh, she was in The Wolf of Wall Street. She was in Fargo, mm -hmm. Fargo, uh, Black Mirror, and uh, one of Travis's favorites, Palm Springs, and with Kristen Milioti. You son of a fucking bitch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I also picked Kristen Milioti from The Wolf of Wall Street, Birds of Prey, and Palm Springs. That's kind of a trifecta because I've this had is a two. Weird. I've had two matches with him. You've had one. Mm -hmm. This is weird, man. Uh, like a hive mind. Next, we've got Frank Buckman, played by Jason Robards, who was 67 at the time. And I will be very surprised Same. if you guys same. pick the same person as me. But Chelsea? Yeah, yeah. So this was a little bit difficult to cast um, to get that, you know, grouchy old man, but also like somebody so sweet at their core. So again, this guy's Twitter made me pick him. Also, I just love him. Mm -hmm. I went with Mark Hamill. Nice. Oh, good one. Yeah, that's right? actually that's actually very good. That's very good. I can totally see him in this role. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job. Sean, over to you. Uh, I, the same way I was going for grouchiness, I went with a 66-year-old actor who was uh, in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He was in Psych. He was in L.A. Law, and he was in Major League. I went with Corbin Burnson. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corbin Burnson. That's a that name uh you hear it a lot and i don't always necessarily associate a face with that name but now i can and since this is a visual <laughs> visual podcast yeah, it's now, a visual podcast now it's on a visual YouTube. podcast on youtube uh okay so my pick i'm so glad you guys didn't pick this one because he's great he's a character actor goes way back uh he's 66 now which is a little bit surprising to me he was in remember the titans armageddon Desperately Seeking Susan, and the recent Minari, his name is Will Patton. Will Patton. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. This movie's good. 
Yeah. yeah. I think it's the family stone before the family stone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good interactions between family members who know each other too well. I wanted, and isn't that what it's what it's about? Well, I wanted to say something. This is one of Ron Howard's better films. And I mentioned Babalu Mandel. Babalu Mandel was a writer on Happy Days oh. with Ron Howard acting. So there is a connection with these guys. They they kind of... Uh, you should listen to the podcast Smartless when they have Ron Howard oh, on there. Oh, I bet there. it's fantastic. Oh, it's great. Nice. Talks a lot about that. Of course, Smartless has uh, Justin Bateman. Will Jason Arnett. Bateman. Uh, Jason Bateman. I think Justin. Yeah, you're thinking Justine. J- Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes. Oh, wow. It's great. And it's they, so fun. Each episode, they bring on a surprise guest. One of the three books a guest, and the other two don't know who's coming on. Oh, that's cool. It's fun. It's a fun You show. can't sleep to it, but the episodes are about like 45 minutes to an hour at the most. I find your lack of faith in my sleeping skills disturbing. <laughs> you wouldn't want to sleep to this. It's It's fun and interesting. We're going to go ahead and go into our bonus segment, which is going to be a battle royale between the following. Who would win in their prime? Diane Wiest versus Rachel Weiss versus Betty White. Oh, Betty White. Sorry. <laughs> Betty White. Betty, Betty White. White. It was a ringer. I knew you guys were going to Jeez, say Betty come White. come on, man. <laughs> Betty White. Sorry. But isn't that a good... Uh, I like that. Yeah, That's Rachel great. Weiss and mm-hmm. the, the, the progression is pretty mm-hmm. funny. I like that. Very nice. All right, Chelsea, thank you for being here and doing what you do. Thank you for my presence earlier. You're welcome. I really like it. For listeners, I got a handheld Oregon Trail game. Woo! Show and, it to the camera. And also a Dwight Schrute card. <laughs> and the cameo, the cameo from Stephen Tobolowski. Which will be posted on our YouTube. Good, please. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, also, Sean, I want to thank you for doing what you do week in, week out. Thanks, man. Anything that either of you would like to plug? Trivia. Trivia was pretty good this whack, this whack week. This last <laughs> week, uh, the weather was good enough to be outside. You were on your game, dude. They were eating out of my hands. And... <laughs> Uh, oh, by the way, it's a pandemic. Don't eat out of other people's hands. Oh, speaking um, of that, also, I get my second vaccine tomorrow. Nice. By the time this goes kerplunk, Chelsea will be inoculated. Woo! She'll be running naked through the streets. I, no, I won't. <laughs> inoculated. Um, Sean, anything you want to plug? You know, I don't I don't think so. Uh, no. My Do second you know, vaccine? No, you, you just did. Um, that's more of a stick than a plug. I'll just keep plugging. Um, I'll keep plugging the YouTube because the YouTube, we're going to keep trying to get fresh uh, content on it. Cinema Chop Shop podcast on YouTube, not to be confused with Sean's new Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the handle's the same. Do you know what next week's episode is, sir? Oh, uh, we're doing, uh, for Easter. For Easter, we're doing new Christian movies. Neo-Christian slash faith-based films. Yes, ma'am. Will you please... Please bring back the Easter Bunny song. Please. For the Easter episode? Yes. Sure. sure. Thank o- you. Also, we have it recorded. I know, but just do it again. <laughs> uh, and so I do have a sneak preview question and answer for this week's trivia. Are you ready? Yes. Sure. This 2013 Christian drama film directed by Steve Race stars Jeff Ja Rule Atkins, oh God. Adrian <laughs> Balin, Stephen Baldwin, Toby Mack, and Michael Madsen. Once again, this 2013 Christian drama film stars Jeff Ja Rule Atkins, Adrian Balin, Stephen Baldwin, Toby Mack, and Michael Madsen. I feel like I'm in a uh, Californian I sketch. D- Every I time he read the name, I was going... Oh. Uh, so I... I think that it, the title sounds like it could be on like Lifetime or Hallmark or something. I, I don't know. Any guesses, Sean? <sighs> no. I'll tell you what. It's I'm. It's not I'm in love with a stripper. It's I'm in love with a... Christian? A church girl. I'm in love with a church girl is oh the name my. of that 2013 Christian wow. drama film starring all of those ridiculous wow. people. We want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. Also, we're hosted online on uh, Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. Twitter, we are at Cinema Chop Shop. That's the legit, real Cinema Chop Shop Twitter. We're going to be, we are on Facebook. It's Cinema Chop Shop on there. 
We are cinemachopshop at gmail.com. If you ever feel the need to email the beers we checked in today, we'll check those in on Untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Look for Cinema Chop Shop on there. And then, like we just said, the uh, YouTube channel is Cinema Chop Shop Podcast. Finally, farewell. Thank you to you, the listeners. Remember to wear a mask and social distance and get your vaccine. And watch Watch Chop Retrofit. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.